Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Silver Savage Podcast. This episode is not going to be very long, but I hope provides you with a lot of value. To be fully transparent, I spent all of last night in the ER with my 8-year-old uh, child. So I apologize if I stumble on words a little bit more than usual. My brain is not firing on full all cylinders. So I do apologize in advance if that happens. Uh, the topic was not supposed to be about my son being in the ER, but it does tie in nicely, uh, as you will find out in a minute. But before we go into it, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, the first one is, if you guys have not seen them yet, I do post every morning. I've been doing this for over a month now, what I call a morning brief. Just a quick little read about how to be more productive, how to get ahead in the game, motivational uh, tools. So if you haven't checked them out already, go ahead and check them. I do share them to all of our handles, but prob probably the best place to find them on my personal Instagram, the IG uh, handle is at BK Battle Ready, all one word, BK Battle Ready. Uh, go ahead and check those up. Hopefully you find value in them. And if you do, please go ahead and share them with others. With that said, the other thing I would ask you to do as we've been doing all along, is again, if you find value in the content we're putting out, please, please, please make sure to follow our channels, uh, obviously the podcast, but also YouTube, if you have an opportunity and social media, uh, please share it with others. And if you have the opportunity and you have a few seconds, go ahead and give us a review, ideally five stars, put a comment in, it certainly help us with ratings and so forth. Again, this is completely a labor of love. We don't get paid for this. This is not something we're doing uh, to increase business. It's honestly just us trying to share some value with everybody else and your feedback is highly appreciated. And with that said, let's get into the episode. So yes, as I mentioned, my son spent uh, last night in the ER. I got a call uh, yesterday evening from my ex-wife and initially it was supposed to be a quick in and out. Turned out to be a little lengthier, so I ended up going there and was there till, uh, till about noon today. Uh, where he was about getting to uh, getting ready to get discharged and he was going back to his mother's house. But I wanted to talk regardless, and this ties in nicely, is how to be a better father. Now, this is the thing. If you are not a dad, you should still listen because this certainly applies to all relationships, whether it's with a significant other, a friend, a colleague, it doesn't matter. These tools are going to help you across the board, but certainly if you are a parent and you have kids, I think this will help you to uh, some extent. So I should really just summarize the whole podcast in two words and call it a day. And that is be present. That's really all it takes. It's just being present. And if I was smarter than I am, I would probably just call it a day right now. Hit stop on this recording. And that's it. You will get a roughly two and a half minute podcast with all the value in the world because that is truly the only lesson that you should take out of it. But uh, I am not that smart. so I'm going to elaborate a little bit more. I want to give you a little bit of context and really differentiating between my pre-divorce father and post-divorce father. And there's a significant difference. And, and really what it comes down to is I took fatherhood for granted. So with my ex-wife and with my kids, they were just part of the package, right? So I would go to work. I travel a lot, obviously, and they were just a given. And when I was home, I tried to be what people would consider to be a good dad but honestly i was working a lot i wasn't dedicated time to them i wasn't as present as, as i should be because in my mind they were always there right there was no question about whether or not i'm their father or i'm not or if i'm a good dad or not because i'm not abusive i pay attention to them i 
go to events with them and so forth. But there wasn't as much intent as there is now. Because once I got divorced and all of a sudden I don't have them around 24-7 or the potential of having them around 24-7 and there is dedicated custody days, then that forced me to really make those days a lot more intentional in how I spend my time with them and make sure that I am that father that I uh, should be. Uh, not to mention also my ex-wife got remarried. I am remarried and with the dynamics of extended families and so forth, I really wanted to make sure that my kids don't lose sight of what are the roles of the parents and who, are, who am I in that big equation and how, how can I add value to their lives. So certainly after I got divorced, I started dedicating a lot more intentional time for my kids. So the next few tools are just tools that I implemented uh, to make that being present um, a lot more efficient and effective. Uh, so first of all, just to understand, I, I do travel a lot, I still travel a lot, but even when I travel, I try to make sure I am present. And it may be in terms of just doing a FaceTime call with my kids, even if I am 6,000 miles away, it's making sure that when I am home, I tell them where I've been, I tell them about why I went, maybe I bring them a little something from that trip, just a little souvenir, but something that they never think that I didn't care or I just traveled and, you know, for fun and I forgot about them, right? Because they're always in the forefront of my mind. I always think about them. I want to make sure they understand and uh, know that. You need to come up with activities to do with your kids. And again, I'm, I'm framing this in, in sense of kids, but this goes to any relationship, right? If you have a spouse, you have to have activities with your spouse, like a date night, right? Uh, with your friends, you got to dedicate like guy time. That's important. If you want to foster a relationship, you have, have, you have to have that guy time. With colleagues, employees, you have to dedicate activities for team building and so forth. So certainly, and probably more importantly, uh, with your kids as well. So uh, dedicated activities with them, stuff that they like to do. And this is where I also differentiate between group activities and individual activities because there's stuff I'm going to do with all of them together. I have four kids ranging in ages from 17 to two and a half. Uh, that's a big spam. So there's some things we do together, like go hiking, uh, obviously going on trips, go outside to the park, you know, that stuff that we do as a family. And that is time with them. That is certainly being present because I'm, I'm there with them, but I, sh I spread it across the four of them. And what my two and a half wants to do and what my 17 wants to do, and both of those are girls, and then my two boys in the middle want to do completely different activities, a different approach, right? So I certainly want to spend that time collectively with everybody. There's a family cell, a unit that I want to make sure we create. So not only do I have a relationship with them, they also have a great relationship with each other, but I also want to make sure that I dedicated individual time for each one. So I'll be honest, because of travel, it's not as consistent as I would like it to be, but in theory, I every other week, I dedicate one afternoon for one child and I rotate between the child. So every two months, one child gets me for themselves. And it can be as simple as going to ice cream and just chit-chatting along the way or going to the park and throwing ball just with one child, right? But there is a dedicated time for that child and that gives you an opportunity to really discuss things that they would probably not wanna discuss collectively in front of their siblings right? Or maybe it's not appropriate to discuss in front of their siblings. So it gives an opportunity to have that one-on-one -on -one time. And sometimes it's nothing more than just, as I said, getting ice cream, talking about some stupid, silly stuff that's going on in the world. And it's still my time with them. I mentioned this in the past and I mentioned it again, I don't think kids will remember in the future the stuff he gave them. 
but they will remember how you made them feel and activities you've done with them, right? So to that point I mentioned in the past, we don't do birthday presents, for example. We go uh, on camping trips. Each child on their birthday decides to uh, gets to decide where we're going camping. They get to pick what is the meal they're gonna have for the main dinner, like the birthday dinner, and a movie we watch collectively um, in the camper while we're uh, at that site. Now, just to talk about movies for a second, because a lot of people, I have this debate with a lot of people. I'm going to say it's not that a lot of people hold that opinion. The people I spoke to, uh, there's a discussion about is watching a movie considered being present, right? Is that something that, is that any better than them being on a device like a tablet or, or a phone, right? And in my mind, it is mainly because it's collective time, right? When they're on the iPad or the iPhone or whatever, they are in their own world, doing it on their own. And I can be around, but there's no interaction and there's no sense of unity. If we watch a movie together, that enhances that sense of uh, of family, right? And in my mind, there's a lot of value in that, even if as an activity, there's not much going on, right? We're just all watching a movie. And by the way, that is something that later on I can refer to and use as a topic of conversation with the, with the child, right? So there is a disconnect at times. We're in, or I am in my late 40s and my kids are early teens and there's a generational gap there. And not always do you find the topic to talk to them about, but if I just watch the movie with them or I watch a show with them, I can always refer back to that because it's the time that matters. It's the fact that they know that I paid attention to what they're watching. I value their opinion. And I discussed that with them by making them feel appreciated, loved, supported, and as uh, someone that is being paid attention to, that is all that matters at the end of the day. So if I accomplish that by watching a movie with them, so I can refer to that later, it's certainly worth the time. So we have collective time as a family and we have um, individual time with each one, right? There are times where I have to dedicate or prioritize family time, and that's a non-negotiable, right? So for me, dinner is one of those. Uh, when I have the kids over, again, per custody, dinner is family time. We set the table together, we cook together, we sit to eat together. There is no, like, I'm going to grab a bite and go sit in my bedroom, and the other one's going to grab a bite and go sit in the living room. Everybody sits together, and we talk. And with that, I think the biggest way to be present, especially nowadays, is remove electronics out of the way, right? So there is no cell phones on the table. Uh, there's no iPads on the table. This is time where we talk to each other. And I'll be honest, I got to the point where I removed my sm smartwatch as well, because even my phone, even though my phone was away as I'm eating and there's a message coming through, I tend to look at my watch. It ended up being just a reflex, but that broke my concentration. I'm no longer paying attention to my child. Now I'm paying attention to something that's irrelevant. And honestly, I don't care what's coming through during the dinner time. It can probably wait that 45 to 60 minutes. So put electronics away. It's a good rule for life. Anytime you want to give someone attention, right? You cannot pay attention to someone while your cell phone is out or your smartphone is beeping or whatnot. But certainly with your kids uh, and certainly when you dedicated family time. Now, family time is a non-negotiable. So for me, it is dinner time and uh, recently I've been extending that to the time after dinner until they go to sleep. My phone still remains away. I don't check it. I don't get on emails. I don't get on social media. I'll do all of that if I need to and I want to after I put my kids to sleep. Another big thing that uh, I think is important that we tend to forget is just listening to them, 
right? We think that as parents, we have all the answers and they should listen to us. But the honest truth is, we don't know their world. We think we do because we lived it, but things have changed drastically. Kids today have completely different needs and realities than what I had at their age. And I need to listen so I can understand better and so I can provide better advice and support. But ultimately, all I want to be is someone that they feel comfortable coming and talking to about anything. And I accomplish that by listening to them. And what I'm really doing is I am fostering a potential better future with them. Because as my kids get older, their challenges are going to increase. They're going to change. And it's going to be very easy for them to go and seek advice from other people, their peers. And that's not necessarily the advice I want them to receive. And in order for them to feel comfortable to come to me, I want to foster that sense of I'm always here to listen to you. And it starts when they are two and a half years old, eight year olds, 10 years old, whatever, right? It's me having that time with them and truly just listening to them, listening to them gripe, listening to them, you know, bitch about whatever it is that's going on in their life. But that is how I foster that sense that I am there for them and I always will be. So hopefully when they are in their late teens and dealing with whatever a late teenager deals with or early 20s or 30s, 40s, whatever, as they start their own families, they feel comfortable coming to me for advice. Um, and then the, the biggest, uh, or not the biggest, but the last thing I'm going to leave you with is you got to practice restraint and emotional response, right? And what I mean by that is we tend oftentimes to let our emotions overcome judgment and because, again, we, we let our experiences and our background affect our decision-making processes in that point in time. And if the child is saying something that has a visceral or, or causes for visceral response within you, we don't foster that sense of trust. We don't let them feel like they can come to us without any preconceived judgment. So oftentimes... And I am working on it actively all the time, and I'm not that great at it, but it's only trying. Is I always try to take a deep breath, try to understand where they're coming from, show some empathy, put myself in their shoes for a second, see if I can deal with it a little better. If I can, maybe the best option is to just walk away, okay, let things settle down for a little bit, and then come back and uh, and talk and deal with it uh, in a more rational manner. But ultimately. Again, going back to the previous point, I want to be able to listen to them and to get them to feel comfortable to come to me when needed. And if, I, if my response is always emotional and it's always, or not always, but sometimes irrational, right? Emotional and irrational, then they will not feel that sense of comfort and trust and confidence to come to me in the future. So it's easier said than done. Again, something that I am actively, personally working on on a daily basis, but it's something that's certainly uh, worth trying and paying attention to. So again, as I said, this is not going to be a very long episode, and it wasn't. Um, I do want to reframe again to make sure that everybody understands, although I discuss this in terms of kids and children, it's the same for any relationship you have with my spouse. I make sure I am present. I want to make sure I put electronics away. I want to make sure I spend time with them, write an activity with them. I want to make sure I uh, listen to them, and I want to make sure that I don't respond emotionally. So all the things that I discuss in terms of my kids certainly apply to the relationship with my wife, our relationship with an employee, right? Same thing, I want to be able to listen to them. I don't want to be emotional or judgmental in my response. I want to make sure that I set time aside for each employee to get just have a FaceTime and review and make sure that they are 
feeling appreciated and so forth. So again, all those tips that I mentioned in terms of relationship, I framed it in terms of kids because that was up front and center in my mind over the last few weeks, certainly since last night, but uh, it applies to all relationships in your life. So I hope you found some value in it. Uh, try implementing some of these things. So if you don't have time set aside for uh, any relationship you want to foster, or if you do not have time during the day where you put your phone away, and, and not only is that healthy for your relationship, it's healthy for you as well, just disconnecting for a little bit of uh, a, a small portion of the day. Um, if you do not listen to other people, start implementing those steps and see how that positively affects your life really, really quick. As always, stay safe and stay savage.